Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Ready, Set, Mindful podcast. I am your host, Carrie Bishkay, and today we're going to be talking about a little bit of a heavier topic, student-athlete mental health. This is a topic that is close to my heart, kind of one of the reasons that I got into being a psychotherapist and a mental performance coach who works with athletes and high performers um, because I know the extent and the impact of poor mental health on your performance, not only your performance, but, um, you know, your, your overall life, right? So mental health has a big impact on student athletes. And I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that today, especially in light of the recent suicides. There were three female student athletes, uh, from James Madison, Stanford, and Wisconsin that have just recently happened. And, you know, it's, it's so saddening when, when something like this happens and continues to, to happen and you read articles about what we're doing to improve the support services for student athletes in our universities and professional sports teams. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing right. And there's a lot of progress and there's a lot of things that we could be doing better from a coaching standpoint, from an athletic department standpoint, from a university standpoint. So I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that today, about, you know, what we could be doing better from, you know, from universities, uh, what coaches can be, can be doing a better job of uh, in terms of recognizing when their student athletes are in need of mental health support. Um, and also things that can trigger your, your student athletes and make mental health worse. So there are a lot of coaches and, uh, you know, trainers and, and people who do, who do a lot of things, right. And there's also a lot of coaches and, you know, support staff who make things worse. So we're just going to talk a little bit about what, what we can be doing better. Maybe some changes that can be implemented. What, what can we do to better support student athletes? And if you're a parent listening to this, you know, it's helpful to listen to this until, uh, until the end, I will be talking about things to kind of look for, you know, if your student athlete, um, if your kid is exhibiting any of these signs, um, you know, these are things to, to kind of just keep your, keep your eye on, you know, to have a conversation about. So keep listening if you, um, want to hear a little bit more. So we'll just get started by talking about, um, you know, messaging pretty much, right? Like, so mental health, we've had so many, thank God we've had so many awesome athletes who have come out and been spokespeople for mental health, right? Like Kevin Love, NBA player, um, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, so many, so many more athletes who have been advocates for mental health for athletes, because we recognize athletes as these performers, uh, you know, they're in the spotlight, they're there to entertain us, but there's a lot of stuff going on below the surface and they're people too. Right. And so they, they need support just like you need support in your everyday life. You want to be looked at as a person and not just what you can do for somebody else. And right. Like athletes are performative, but they, they're also people too. Right. And so messaging is, is really important, like from a university standpoint and from like a coach, uh, from a team standpoint, um, sending a good message that your, your team or your university promotes and encourages a culture where student athletes are looked at as more than athletes, right. As, as, uh, you know, they have an identity as a whole person first. That's so, so important. And, um, you know, there's, 
there's so many universities that do a really good job of that and others that, you know, can, can use a little bit more encouraging, um, to make, to make that messaging more of a part of their, of their program, because really a healthy person is a peak performer, right? If you have a healthy person, they're going to be a peak performer for you. If you're not good with yourself first, you're not going to be good as an athlete you're not going to be good as an athlete if you're not if you're not okay as a person. So for coaches to remember that it starts there first, right? Um, so sometimes those conversations can be hard to have with you know with your kids with the, with the athletes about how they're doing outside of sport. Um, you know, a lot of coaches want to make that conversation really focused and tailored to the sport and performance and what they're doing. But if you if you you know, from the top down, from the head coach to the assistant coach, to the trainer, to the athletic support staff. Um, if you're checking in on athletes as people asking how they're doing, Hey, it was your mom's birthday. Did you go home for, you know, did you go home to celebrate that? Or how'd this test go for you? Or, Hey, like you're, you're looking like you're down. Like, how are you doing? Right. Just like super simple check-in questions can really, really send the message to athletes that, you give a shit that you really care about who they are, not just what they can do for you. Right. Um, so that's the messaging is super important. Stress and anxiety are two of the most, um, you know, I mean, anxiety and depression and, you know, stress management. Those are, those are the top three things that I see, um, a lot of the athletes that I work with for, right. Having, they have difficulty balancing, uh, you know, school life, um, social, and their sport. Um, and, and there's so many, so many pressures within, within those things. So, so much anxiety, um, you know, sometimes depression is, is there as well too. And that stems from, you know, a perfectionistic space where they put so much pressure on themselves to perform that in turn, when they're, when they're not managing their expectations that can turn into depression sometimes. So those are things that I see a lot of student athletes for, um, eating disorders, also perfectionism. Those are, those are things that are really common, uh, in, in, um, female sports in particular. So, um, just hearing this, if you're a coach or you're a parent listening and you have a female athlete, like those are some things to kind of look at as well. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk a little bit about things to, to look for, uh, things that you can be, you know, just keeping your eyes on. If you're, if you're a student athlete yourself and you're noticing any of these patterns, any of these signs coming up for you, just something to be mindful of. Like you might want to reach out and get some extra support around, um, around where you're struggling. And if you're a parent or a coach or an athletic director listening to this, like these are definitely, um, some signs of mental health, you know, poor mental health within student athletes. So, um, and mental health can look sometimes, this is the confusing part too, especially for coaches, because sometimes mental health can look like players are just being irritable or angry or having a bad attitude. That's the thing that I hear the most. Like this person just has a bad attitude. I'm like, well, have you checked in with that person about that? Because, you know, there could be something deeper going on. So try not to assume that, um, you know, that 
the the athlete is maybe just trying to get attention or just having a bad attitude. There might be something deeper there. So that's where conversations are so, so important to just really dig in and just ask questions around behaviors and signs that you're seeing come up in, in your athletes. So decreased motivation, that's a big one. Um, lack of energy, any changes in eating or sleeping patterns. So decreased appetite, maybe binge eating, um, it's definitely something going on there, right? So paying attention to, to those patterns. Um, I said difficulty sleeping. That's the sleep is such a big one, which can in turn lead to irritability and anger and bad attitudes sometimes. So they're all kind of intertwined there. So just keeping an eye on those things. Uh, when an athlete is negative uh, or withdraws from the team, not really feeling like they want to participate in social, again, that can maybe come off as like a bad attitude, but there might be something deeper there to, to question, right? And then when athletes, when it's clear, sometimes anxiety and depression are, are really clear to see in athletes as well. Sometimes not. Athletes are, they're really good. People are really good at holding, holding these things in if they don't want you to see these things as well. Um, but sometimes anxiety yeah, especially can really manifest physically. And so if you have an athlete who's verbalized that they're feeling out of control, um, they they're shaky, they're sweaty, they have difficulty breathing, not just after an intense workout, <laughs> but just, um, you know, when they're, when they're checking in maybe outside of practice or something. So those are, those are things to kind of keep, keep an eye on for sure. Um, like I said, eating disorders, anxiety, perfectionism, depression, like those are all things that are big, um, you know, that are big issues for, for student athletes. So important to pay attention to definitely. So coaches, if you're a coach out there, part of the triggering thing that can make mental health worse sometimes coaches, God bless them. Um, is that they will try to solve the athlete's issue they see an issue, maybe an athlete's coming to them, uh, maybe an athlete's coming to you and they're, they're telling you that they're really having a hard time and you're trying to problem solve. You're trying to, um, help them through their problem, which I think to an extent can be helpful, right? Asking that, that athlete, like if they, if they want advice, if they, um, want to hear your perspective, that's really, really important. But just jumping, diving right in to solving their problem, like that's not what your role is as a coach, right? Your role is to recognize that you're seeing some mental health struggles and refer out. Focus on what your strength is as a coach, and that is coaching, and refer out to mental health professionals when you're seeing something deeper going on, um, because trying to solve the issue yourself can, can make things worse. So that's, that's definitely something that I see quite often. Um, so just knowing that difference between having a conversation and, um, you know, seeing if there is something deeper and then really just being mindful to not, not go deeper. Um, and just to refer out at that point can, can definitely be helpful. So I think a lot of what, coaches and universities are doing right. I think it's important to, to talk about and to highlight things that people are doing right, because we don't just want to be, um, you know, totally negative here. There are a lot of really, really cool programs and things, uh, initiatives that, that are going well and people are doing right. So the things that we are doing right, right now, um, 
our mental health screenings, you know, um, like when athletes are coming in from, you know, they're most vulnerable at, you know, when they're freshmen and when they're juniors and seniors thinking about transitioning out of their sport, right? That's when your identity is at its most vulnerable. You're coming in as a freshman and you're, you're just leaving uh, high school, this, this world where, you know, it looked so different for you. Your identity looks so different. So you're really, really vulnerable as a freshman, right? So we want to catch all these vulnerable freshmen as they come in with these mental health screenings to kind of see where they're at. And so a lot of colleges do that. And it's super awesome to kind of have, um, you know, have a big list of student athletes that you can keep an eye on and that you can refer to mental health professionals. So that's something that is, you know, that you're doing right. The, the, the downside with that is that there are oftentimes not enough providers for student athletes to see. So that's, that's something that we can talk about a little bit later, but what we're doing, right. We're screening student athletes. That's awesome. They're on a lot of college campuses, you know, and within professional sports teams, there's funding for counselors, right? Like, so sometimes they're on site, sometimes they're off site. Um, but a lot of universities do a good job of having some funding for counselors who they can contract with. Like I'm contracted with Gonzaga. So, um, they have provided funding. They, they contract out. I don't have an office on campus. I'm actually out of state now in Florida, but they, they, uh, contract out, which is, you know, props to them for having funding for counselors. So that's good. And there's a lot of initiatives for education. So a lot of training, like mental health education, um, training for coaches, um, what to look for with, you know, mental health with student athletes. So there's a lot of different, you know, bystander intervention training, like lots of different trainings out there for student athletes and trainers and coaches, which is really great. Um, you know, the things that we can do better, right. Um, I, which I think we really, really struggle with, uh, is having more check-ins with the student athletes, like from coaches. This is something that I hear a lot and I've definitely experienced as a college and professional athlete of having a really good relationship with my like volunteer assistant or my assistant coach and my head coach just, really didn't give a shit about the players. <laughs> um, and it is pretty common for coaches to have different roles, right? Like good cop, bad cop, um, you know, workhorse. So in kind of in that order, like with head coach, assistant coach. So head coach is the bad cop, assistant coach is the good cop, volunteer assistants, kind of the workhorse, maybe participates in practices and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but yeah, so it's common for them to have their different roles. But what I've heard from a lot of the athletes that I work with is just that they don't feel that their head coach really cares about them right? They're the ones that are so busy. The head coaches are so busy having, you know, taking care of big picture stuff, seeing the whole, the whole chessboard that they're not putting in enough time to have in-depth conversations with student athletes to make them feel heard, to allow them to feel heard and cared for and supported. And so that is part of the problem, right? From the top down, that messaging, that culture 
is not consistent. And so I think we can do a better job on teams. I think coaches can do a better job across the board. I don't care what sport you're in. You can do a better job checking in with your athletes and seeing how they're doing in their personal lives. Because I promise you, if they feel cared for, they feel like you give a shit about them and you care what's going on with their family and in their, in their world, they will want to play better for you. They will be more invested, right? Um, they will, they, they will want to play for you. Um, and so I think that's, that's definitely something that we can do better. Um, getting to know the players as true people, right? I think we can also do a better job. Universities can do a better job of having counselors on campus. Yes, it's awesome that there's funding for counselors and they're contracted out. But again, with that messaging, when you're not having counselors available on campus, you have trainers on campus, doctors on campus, um, right? Like all of these things are available. Even acupuncturists, chiropractors will be on campus, but the therapists aren't right. Like what messaging is that sending? Um, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm salty cause I'm a therapist who doesn't have an office on, on campus. I don't, I don't really care, um, for, for me personally, but I think the messaging is really important. Hey, let's put therapists at the top with with doctors, with the, with the trainers, with all of the medical support that we give athletes, like mental health should be right there. Cause guess what? Players aren't going to perform for you if their mental health is in the dumps. They're just, they're just not. So we have to treat, you know, student athlete mental health, um, with as high a regard as we would, uh, you know, a torn ACL or a concussion. So just, just as important. So I think that offices, like I think more funding and, and, uh, a placement on campus, uh, could be really helpful for limiting those barriers too. Like there's a lot of international athletes. There's a lot of, um, student athletes who don't have vehicles or they're so crunched for time that they don't have time to go to an office. Like, I would hear that a lot from a lot of my student athletes that I've worked with. They're just, their, their days are so tight. There's so much on their plate that it would just be so convenient to have the office on campus. Right. So I think that eliminating that barrier, um, you know, a lot of universities can do a better job. I think USC university of Southern California does a fantastic job. They have like such a stellar model for the way that, you know, things could look and they have, I think 12 sports psychologists, um, you know, on campus. Yes. Yes. They're, they have a lot of money and, uh, you know, for their, for their programs and for their university for sure. Um, but they have just so much accessibility for their student athletes and they're having so many, so many conversations, um, so many trainings for their coaches around student athlete mental health. So they're, they're really, um, like a, a bright star for doing a lot of things, right. Um, and I think just more training for coaches, coaches are awesome at what they do, but they, it's not in their innate nature, you know, for, for many of them to have these conversations around student athlete mental health and to know what to look for. So we have to help them a little bit. We can't just assume that coaches can put on like so many hats and just know these things, um, you know, innately it's, it's not fair to put that much pressure on them. I think that, it's really important to do training, solid mental health training 
for coaches, um, if we want them to be referral sources for student athletes, like when, when things go down with their student athletes, we want them to know what to look for so that they can get their athletes the help that they need. Right. So coaches digging into players, um, who again, appear to have like irritable or bad attitudes or any of these signs and symptoms that I talked about earlier, that's something that we can definitely do better. So not just writing off some behavior as, oh my gosh, this person isn't performing or they're just having a bad day or they're in a bad attitude and then punishing them through consequences or just not asking where, where that behavior is coming from. That's, that's part of the problem. So we have to kind of dig in when we see things that are outside the norm. That's really, really important. So keep a pulse, um, you know, with that, like just keeping a pulse on events in the student athletes lives that can trigger like any suicidal thoughts or depression, anxiety. So paying attention to what that, what that athletes like family life looks like, uh, if they're a transfer student, what their previous transfer situation look like, um, you know, personal relationships, uh, you know, those, those are important to kind of keep a pulse on because any like transition, any, you know, breaking up with, with a significant other, anything happening in their family, any like death anniversaries or Christmas or things that are hard for people sometimes, you know, those are just good things to know. Cause that can trigger like a, you know, just a black hole for some anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, that type of thing. So really, um, just, just checking in, uh, and, and the big picture, if you take nothing out of this, I think it's just important for us as a society, um, for universities, for coaching staff, for parents, um, for athletes, for us to recognize, you know, athletes as people first. So the identity piece is really, really important. And, you know, the athletic identity oftentimes comes first when we think about student athletes. Um, we even sometimes forget the student part. I know I did as a student athlete. So I was like an athlete slash student sometimes. Um, but Hey, I'm here now, but I think that that athletic identity can definitely be pushed to the forefront and we forget about who these people actually are as people. And we forget to highlight what makes them really cool and special and badass people. Um, and that they're valuable as people first and then as athletes second. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of highlight some of these things. Um, so hopefully, you recognize uh, if you're an, an if you're a, a university, if you're a, an athletic director, coach, parent. You know, I hope that this podcast was helpful for you to kind of identify some of these signs and symptoms, things to look for. Um, you know, with student athletes and how we can better support them with their mental health. These are just some ideas that can be helpful for the future because we don't want to see. Um, any more of these student athletes like slip between the cracks. We want to make sure that we have wraparound support for them and that mental health is really, really at the forefront and prioritized as much as possible. Um, and so, yeah, those are just some of my thoughts. I'm definitely very passionate about this topic, uh, working with a lot of female student athletes and student athletes in general. Uh, you know, I, I just think we can be doing a lot better. And I think that with this solution oriented approach, I think, um, you know, there's a lot to be done. Obviously money is, is always on the table when you're talking about putting more support toward 
you know, student athlete mental health, you know, from an, like an organizational perspective. But I think there's things that we can do that don't cost money, like conversations. So just normalizing conversations. Um, if you have a teammate or you yourself has been thinking about, um, suicide or having any dark depressive thoughts, you know, make sure that you reach out to a mental health professional. Um, you could definitely, you know, reach out, reach out to me. I have a lot of good referrals, um, resources for you. Um, but yes, I think if you know someone who, who needs to hear this podcast and who needs to hear this message, make sure that you pass it on. I'm just really passionate about getting this information out here because I, I think we could be doing a, a better job with just normalizing the conversation um, surrounding mental health. So no, this was a heavier podcast, but much needed in my opinion. So hopefully you got something out of it and thank you so much for joining me and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Ready, Set, Mindful podcast. Make sure to join us next week as we have another episode for you. If you haven't checked out readysetmindful.com, make sure to check out our free mental toolkit to optimize your performance. And if you're not following us on social, make sure you do that. We're on Facebook, Ready, Set, Mindful, and Instagram at Ready, Set, Mindful. We're also at readysetmindful.com. Make sure to leave us a review if you liked what you heard. Always look forward to seeing what your guys' thoughts are. We will catch you on the next episode.